I might be a little drunk. Um, is it about how Santa's an asshole? Yeah, I'm telling you, so I don't know what so that is. So that's like the song, Rudy the Red Beaked Reindeer. Remember? They- Hold on. Don't slut shame the reindeers here. You went to CET. She told just because they're different, doesn't look different, doesn't mean they're bad, and that you were robbed by a gang of Pakistanis the next day. <laughs> It always okay. rolls back around to the sex with the relatives, doesn't it? Where he tumbles over the fucking cliff with the abominable snowman, and you know they fuck down there. They got a fucking, like, death boner. When I was thin and dealing with, like, body dysmorphia issues. Santa's like, bitch, I do CrossFit. Rob cries bitch tears at fucking the drop of a hat. Yeah, I didn't like Love Actually either, so I'm just going to just piss everybody off right now, apparently. <laughs> that's what they, that's all they Tradition. do for Christmas is eat fucking KFC chicken for the last 40 years. Desperate porn. Desperate porn is the best porn. Oh, this is like every episode that Amanda's on, she has to talk about cabbage. That's why the fucking Swedish are a third world country. I think to myself, there's no place I'd rather discover candy <laughs> than where my feet have been. <laughs> No, but see, that's the thing. Is like, I don't even think it's rapey. I... That's what women do. They rap for you. <laughs> this is Amanda. Women like you enable me to be sexist. What the fuck was that called? When women couldn't vote? The good old days? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. In and out. Just in and out. Ha. No, I can't do that, but I can take a fucking 10 inch wide dildo on my. <laughs> we call it the Minnesota Challenge. Like I'll kill her in a cage. You haven't you haven't shared a woman like we have. So you weren't feeling what I felt when <laughs> Listen. I don't I, know. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, but you have a drinking problem. <laughs> I don't know, I have a drinking solution, I think. <laughs> Welcome to Booked, where two guys are kinda drunk, have some guests, and they're gonna talk about holiday stuff. <laughs> I'm Livia Snedden. Uh. And I might be a little drunk. Uh, and I'm Rob Olson. It is a uh, it's a Christmas miracle that somehow Livius is is more inebriated on an episode than I am. Usually that's my wheelhouse, so I feel a little threatened, um, but I'm very happy. Uh, this is part two of our booked holiday office party um, two part episode. Uh, we have the same guests as we had in the previous episode. If you have not listened to Part one, go back one episode, and we you can hear us talking about the movies Krampus and Krampus Unleashed. Um, we hear a little bit from our new TV correspondent, Emily in Portland. And then we do some gift exchanges, and we talk about some, some holiday giving. And um, lots of just insanity in between, and drinking. Uh, now, we're in part two. And there's going to be, I, I don't even know if we have like things to talk about, but we're, we're going to find out. We, we think we're going to make another episode out of this. We, we, we'll we see. I would just like to say, <laughs> I don't know how you do this every week, Rob. So I want for anybody who tuned in to listen, yeah, it's a week apart, but I want you to understand it's been minutes since the first episode. <laughs> so um, I expect this to deteriorate <laughs> even more over we the course of the yeah, beginning yeah, exactly. of the last Wait, just to be clear, is everybody drinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm drinking. We all know Livius is drinking. Like, whenever Livius is drinking, he goes far out of his way to make sure people know that. Um, it's just kind of assumed that I've I got have to something. explain why I sound so stupid. <laughs> well, it's kind of a special occasion when Livius drinks. It, it, that it is. Yeah, that's true. That, that is pretty much so. Um, yeah, so this episode we're going to cover a couple of things. I'm not even going to telegraph what we're covering. We're going to go Whoa. right into it. 
we're going to review another it, it, it says movie on my list but it really wasn't a movie it was uh produced for television in 1964 and it is rudolph the red-nosed reindeer um i said inaccurately to one of you guys or maybe it was in a comment that it was claymation um it's not claymation i, I guess in my mind it was always claymation but it's not it's actually a puppet animated puppet show yeah yep so I, I could give you a synopsis. I, I, Rob probably has all the synopses pulled up because Rob's always got everything. Oh, shit. I forgot <laughs> to do that. I totally forgot. Do we need a synopsis He's for got this the one? the graphs and the numbers. No, no. I have some really interesting notes about this, though, if I remember where I put them. Um, Is it about how Santa's an asshole? Hold on. Before we get too deep. <laughs> or about how Herbie looks like a dandy. Well, Herbie it's was Hermie, a dandy. Right? Hermie, right? It's he Hermie. Was... Wait, wait, wait. Everybody just fucking slow your shit down. <laughs> when? Cause we I all wanna... love Rudolph, all right? Amanda? Yes. <laughs> just please. Uh, <laughs> so when I was introducing the idea of, of using this as one of the things that we talked about, I, 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 meant, I referred to it as the Rankin and Bass Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Do you guys understand what I mean when I say Rankin and Bass? Yeah, that was I mean, the production company, right? It is the two main producers of of the thing, but they like they did other things as well, right? Rankin and Bass did multiple things together, right? Is anybody? Um, I'm actually not familiar with 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 the team. Really? Yeah. I can quietly Google them and then like, talk <laughs> to. Wow, this is so weird. So Rankin and Bass Productions. Hang on, I'm going to their Wikipedia. I'm assuming uh, they're like a, they're a famous film and or TV production team, but usually when it's like, I mean, the only like team in that respect that I know is like Powell and Pressburger, pretty much, which are known as the Archers. Never, never heard of them. He's just making shit up to make me feel better about the <laughs> shit that I made up. No, I'm um, not making shit up. Actually, gonna... I talked to Livius privately about. Paul and Pressburger recently. That is true. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say that while they are known for the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, thing from 1964, they also did Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Uh, they did The Last Unicorn in 1982. Oh, wow. Okay. I love yeah. The Last Shit. Unicorn. So uh, their stop-motion animation includes Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, a whole bunch of other, like here comes Peter Cottontail, like every oh, wow. possible, like the Easter Bunny is coming to town, like every possible, um, either like Pinocchio's Christmas, Jack Frost, Life of Santa Claus in the 80s, 60s through Wait, the 80s. They, they did Jack Frost, that horror movie? <laughs> no, the What's 1979s. Pinocchio got to do with Christmas? Why would you mix the, the horror with like. I said, or fairy tales. Or I meant to, <laughs> if I didn't. Either way, it counts. Um, I'm just saying that, like, these guys, the two of them as a production company and a, and a duo of producers, have probably created some of the most um, memorable um, um, moments from our childhoods, is what I'm trying to say. Including Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. But mainly Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah. Dude, the last unicorn. It had that weird devil that looked a lot like the red devil faces that we got in the last episode. The only thing I recall from childhood that had the weird devil was legend. Anyway, we're going off. We're way Nothing. off. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watched legend. 
Oblivious did um, you watch I'm Legends? Gonna, no. I'm going to skip the synopsis <laughs> on this because I think everybody knows yeah. this. And uh, we just spent 10 minutes talking about Rankin and Bass. So, <laughs> um, I have some notes, and I think this might be a good way. I have some, some you know, like kind of trivia stuff um, that might be interesting to, to talk about. And then there's some really kind of almost subversive stuff that probably needs to be talked about. So this is going to be the darker part of the, of the uh, oh, office. Oh, I'm so party excited. Episode. Let's do it. Yeah. So um, first off, the voice of Rudolph is done by a woman, Billy Mae Richards. Did nice. you guys? Did you guys think that that was kind of? I thought that was a very interesting thing that uh, Rudolph's voice was done by a woman. Bart Simpson's uh, done by a woman, so that's very true. Um, you would think that this cartoon is like like one hundred percent wholesome American, right? Like this, this just screams like sixties <laughs> Americana, right? Oh, not at all. Sears and Roebuck, right? Like in, in Rudolph. What, right? Are you calling oh. this a kami movie? Are we moving? No, into, no, like... no. The animation was all done in Japan. Oh, okay. And the actual, all the the Ooh, soundtrack, the, the voice recording was done in Canada. There is zero Americana in one of the most iconic American children's <laughs> show. I want to say, I keep wanting to say cartoon, but it's not a cartoon. This animation, um, none of it was done in the United States, oddly enough. Um, Amanda touched on something really interesting. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is not a historical character, as I previously believed. <laughs> No. But was invented. Wait, was in... hold on. Wait, Rudolph's was never real. Yeah, yeah, I know, Jesse. Right? Holy shit! He was invented by Robert May in 1939 <laughs> as part of an advertising campaign for Montgomery Ward. Fucking capitalism. Right? No, no shit. Um, yeah. And the the other thing of of interest. Hold on. Fa- was that was that Jesse breaking through with his uh, his liberal agenda? Well, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. It's not it's not a yeah, it's not a holiday episode if Jesse doesn't doesn't throw out his weird alt left stuff. I, I promise, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna do what everyone thinks I'm gonna do, which is equate this story to white privilege. <laughs> Oh no, I'm pretty sure you're going to, Jesse, because I'm I'd, pretty sure we're going to drive you to it. I'd be shocked if you didn't. I have one more very interesting tidbit. So, um, you know, I, I think we all saw this growing up, and I, I, I think that it's an, an important part, especially when you get to people who are, who are our age. I don't know that young, young children today will grow up with this animation with all the other stuff that they have. Because um, no one would ever show this to a child anymore. <laughs> Um. Yeah, maybe I, I would. Don't know, but... I fucking would. Are you kidding? Yeah, a we holly... watch this. We watch this a lot. <laughs> a holly jolly Christmas was written specifically for this special. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, this is responsible for what arguably is probably what one of the top three or four holiday songs that like people think of when they think yeah. Christmas. Yeah, at least one of the better ones. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that was written specifically for the show. So you're I feel about like there was other songs that were specific for this too, right? Silver and gold. Silver and gold. That's the other one. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's possible. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, so that's what I had from a kind of trivia standpoint. Um, that was uh, interesting. Uh, things I didn't know, or things that I thought you know would be interesting to kind of find out about this. Uh, <laughs> this what I used <laughs> to think was an American classic. 
Clearly, I was it was wrong. just like a farmed out shit show of like foreign, <laughs> yeah, foreign right. production. Montgomery Ward. Yeah. Based on an ad by Montgomery Ward. Yeah. <laughs> now here's, Brought to here's... you by Japan and Canada. <laughs> I'm going to go through. Japanida, if you really want to kind of. <laughs> yes. I, I want to go through my first five notes, um, which are really. <laughs> How many easy. notes do you have? Gonna... Eight, ten. Well, then, I've then, got there's zero. Then, then, then it includes a link to a whole article that we're probably going to want to talk about. Oh shit! So, All right. Oh, holy man. shit! I just want to talk about Rudolph because I love it. <laughs> no, we have to wade through this Livia shit before we get yeah, to yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. this is good. this might take a turn. I don't know if you guys were expecting this. So, first of all, I'm going to skip the first couple. Blah blah blah. First of all, Donner is his dad, which I thought was really fucking weird, right? Because yeah. his dad wants to work for him. Um. Why yeah, was he his... always like his son? Oh, well, I think no. Was... Historically, uh, or like in different, I looked up this. Um, this is the only story in which Rudolph's father is Donner. Okay, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Why does his nose make that awful fucking noise? I get that it lights up. But why don't they call a fucking electrician? Because I could. It was unbearable. <laughs> is that one of your notes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you know that when your nose shines red like that, it makes that exact noise? <laughs> no, no, Rob, it's, you're you're it's you're an alcoholic, and your nose issue. is going to get to be that red, and it's not going to fucking make a noise. <laughs> Actually, that's true. I work it, with like, a guy who's like a. Like... <laughs> I work with a dude who's like a serious alcoholic. His nose never makes that noise. Yeah, I'm but it really you, should. So I don't know what so that that's is, like yeah. the song Rudy the Red Beaked Reindeer. Remember? Like, <laughs> what <laughs> the fuck Eric? are you talking about? <laughs> Who from who from the Rat Pack sings it? And he says, "The red beaked reindeer." And you're like, "Shut up! Stop saying! Don't say it that way." What? <laughs> so, nobody, nobody knows what the fuck you're talking oh about. Ladies and gentlemen, right. Amanda Gowan. Now, <clears throat> here's here's a kind of serious point. <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Like, so those guys. Now, I understand they're Japanese, but I'm sure there are non-Japanese people doing this too. So, all like the claymation guys and the animated puppet guys. Like, what do you guys think they think when they watch like a Pixar fucking all computer generated movie? They they think that like the guys at Pixar are a bunch of pussies, right? <laughs> like they didn't put in the time to like take yeah. a picture and then move the figure like a, an eighth of an inch and then take another yeah. picture. But what about anime? Who? <laughs> is that like Krumpus? Anime. Anime. <laughs> this is, this is the anime. So, yeah, exactly. That's how Amanda says anime. That's weird. But, yeah. Um, Jesse's yeah, just being I nice mean, to anime, Amanda now. Anime is their cartoons. I mean, I get it. The, these people thought the same thing about cartoons, I would imagine. But I just was watching this and I kept thinking, like, how far we've come. And then suddenly I was thinking about what I pictured being a bunch of old white guys and not like four year old Japanese kids. I mean, these puppets. I keep thinking like because they have to like have really tiny fingers to move right, them. Exactly. Like that. So the pup, by the way, another trivia thing: like the um, was it the Rudolph puppet or the Hermie puppet? It was only four inches tall. So yeah, they're pretty tiny. I mean, how tall were you expecting them to be? I knew it was like a stop motion thing, or, like a regular reindeer size. Did you think like, they were life size? <laughs> no, like regular puppet size, whatever that is. I mean, Something four inches is the right. Is the right okay, I'm gonna Google regular puppet size. <laughs> Thank you. No, see, and... my son does a lot of like stop motion, like with Lego and stuff. So he does that. Like he's obsessed with that. Like move it, like a little tiny bit. Click. Move see, it, Japanese. And, like, 
<laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, he is. Okay, well, that's fair, then. He's very well, Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, a lot of the good Coraline is all stop motion. <laughs> and then the uh, Kubo and the two strings that just came out. Oh, is awesome. Coraline it's... really stop motion or is it simulated stop no, motion? No, it's really stop motion. I know because I had to, like I said, my son's into it. We had to watch this really long documentary about all the puppets. And they were, like, um, Barbie doll size, probably. See? Not four fucking inches. <laughs> that little little hint of trivia that I found just now in my brain. That what, it, that my son's Japanese? <laughs> the abominable snowman um, doll in the movie was 13 feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, they were all four inches and he was 13 feet. There was just, like, a guy that would move, like, one yeah, step. Yeah, it was really strange because they had to remake the sets for everything. <laughs> No, but you got to figure, like, the sets that they're using on these are, like, when they use models for things in feature films. So exactly, yeah. They're, they're, they're probably, like, just making a, a model on a table, so, of course, <laughs> the figures are only four inches tall. They just sprinkled snow over everything they already had. They were good yeah. to go. Did you think like, it's think real snow? Like, think a model train set table. That's probably how the set looked. Yes. Yeah, I got all that. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just waiting for you guys to be done. Now that, now that we've Fuck explained you exactly you. how stop motion works. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the gay subtext of Rudolph the Rendo's Reindeer. The gay subtext? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about how, like, this is a story where a gay person and a commie, like, saved the world or something? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself... We get to Hermie, and I was like, all right, Hermie is very obviously um, uh, subversively gay, I guess. I, I don't even know what the word to say is, because in the 60s, it totally wasn't okay to portray someone as gay. Right. Anything, let alone a children's um, TV animation. So I thought, maybe, maybe I'm just reading too much into this. Maybe <laughs> this is the way the world is. So I Google Rudolph the Red, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer gay. That's all I put in. And the first five things that pulled up were articles written within the last three weeks that cover a ton of this stuff and even insight that I didn't have. So, I mean, the, the, the article I'm looking at is almost essay length, and it covers basically every fucking minute of this movie. And the, the, um, the, I, I don't even want to say it's not, I don't want to say gay agenda or whatever, just the subtext. subtext gay subtext, yeah. yeah. So really, yeah, yeah. when I, as I was viewing this and starting to look into this, I was kind of seeing it as maybe like gay and minority, because I was kind of viewing Rudolph as as uh, as, as a minority, um, and, and then Hermie clearly is gay because fucking death. <laughs> <laughs> like, what I mean, yeah. like a fucking neon sign, <laughs> <laughs> a fabulous neon sign. I, I will tell you one thing: uh, it, it was actually this movie that made me realize that dentists are gay yeah, yeah exactly right so i was not aware um but yeah i mean there are, there's a ton of literature online available uh, about this <laughs> but this really got to be and i was like okay the the plight of of uh, of minorities the the plight of 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 gays um i get it I'm not sure if a children's show in the 60s was the right way to get this message across, but, like, I understand it and stuff. But this article that I, that I read... That's so Livius, by the way. <laughs> well, regardless, we're talking about the 60s, and, again, I don't know the children's programming is the right place to have this fight. 
it's um, the exact right place, but please continue. It totally is. It's the best place. No, no, that's that's totally fine. <laughs> this one though really pushes it. And at the end, when he, he hooks up with what's her name? The really easy hoe. Um <laughs> Don't be dogging on Clarice. Clarice oh, is Clarice. Awesome. Clarice 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 was like from the very get go, she's like just put it in my weird reindeer throat. Like, that yeah. was like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but remember, hold on, Rob. Hold on. Don't slut shame the reindeers here. Come there on. it is. There it is. I knew he pushed Jesse into it. That's exactly what I was hoping for from Jesse. No, I dude, I'm celebrating, man. Jesse could have a moment to talk about slut shaming. <laughs> there it is. Um, well orchestrated. So much that Rudolph is forced a woman as a reward at the end of it. Like this article really gets really fucking serious about um, about gays and stop motion puppet animation movies in the sixties. Yeah, and like I always thought it was really deep, but like that wasn't like my takeaway at all. Like, and and can I just for the record, Jesse, if anybody knows me even for a fucking minute, you know I would never shame a slut. No, no, I know. You'd invite her over. I would invite Don't them over. Just meet them? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> Let's talk this anyway, through. All I can say is I, I, I'm sure there are people who are going to go, no, there's no fucking way you're reading too much into this. People are reading too much into this. If there was any... So if I'm wrong and this wasn't, um, this wasn't all <laughs> intentional, then this uh, Rankin and Bass, one of those guys, both of those guys, probably... Way just gay. Didn't realize, yeah, closet didn't. Re- gay. Yeah, didn't realize they were gay. Not even closet gay. Like they didn't understand that they were gay. <laughs> like they got a message out there, um, completely uh, subconsciously. That's uh, that's pretty strong. Oh, there's no way it wasn't intentional. I mean, it was made in what the 50s, right? The 60s, 1964. Okay, yeah, but like anything back then was pretty much intentional, especially like with filmmaking and TV because. The the um, censorship code, the Hayes code, was still in effect. So you think about old movies, how like there's all those double entendres and stuff because they need to be sexy and talk about sex without like coming out and like directly saying it or showing it, you know. So but everything again, we're was talking kind of about us children, and this was a time when like now we people go, oh, Disney shows they're part made for adults, right? In the '60s, that wasn't the case. This was right. 100% legit a kids' film or TV show. I have all right. So I have an argument, and I'm going to take this very serious. But we can get back to talking about like gay elves and stuff like that in just a second. <laughs> um, but I am. I, I am. Relieved. I am. I don't want us to go away from gay elves for too long. But um, <clears throat> I am going to take this. Book. So really, the message overall, the message of this was about how it's okay to be different, right? Yes. Oh yeah, definitely. My aunt. No, that's the message from like the younger generation in of characters. The younger generation of characters. The message from the older generation of characters is that we will accept your difference if you can prove yourself useful to us, so that we can make an exception for you and your difference. But the message of the audience watching the movie was like, it's okay to be different, or it's good to be different. Uh, I guess was my point. So I'm going to read you a message from, and the reason I just wanted to open this door into like this, like incredibly touching message I got from my aunt, um, which uh, from my childhood, which ties really closely into what we're talking about in this movie. So um, I just wanted to roll some tears for this, uh, this message I got from my aunt like, oh, a, like, no. a week, like two weeks ago. 
<clears throat> just all right. Just saw a commercial for ET coming on, and it brought back your sweet little your sweet little scared face at the theater when you were sitting in my lap. I told you oh. not to be scared. Just because somebody or something looked different didn't mean they were bad. A few months later, we had an, we had Elephant Man on. I guess that's a movie or whatever. Yeah, and you, yeah. And, yeah. and you looked at me kind of uncertain, but you said to me, just because they look different doesn't mean they're bad. Huh, Aunt Ricky? What oppression? Mo- yeah. Right? Right? So that's what, that's what this is. Rava, I'm moved. Are you crying but, because uh, of the wine? Uh, no. <laughs> I was really hoping that what you were going to say was that you went to CET, she told just because they're different, doesn't look different, doesn't mean they're bad, and that you were robbed by a gang of Pakistanis. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. See, in this in this particular message, um, I got the point and I learned the lesson. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, okay. I get yeah. it now. So it's different than apparently your life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Back Fucking to uh, back to gay elves. All right, so can we just talk about and like this fucking like so I was watching this movie and I was thinking, like how perfect this is for for Jesse. <laughs> okay, like we've already established that Herbie is like he's obviously a gay character. Is it Herbie or Hermie? Yeah, it's Herbie. Yeah, that's Hermie. It's Hermie. Yeah, it's yeah. Hermie. Yeah. Okay, so, so, okay, in, so if you put in, your white privilege aside and learn his, the character's name, <laughs> that's great. Thanks. Here's how you'll remember it: Hermie, as in hermaphrodite. <laughs> oh, Holy God. shit! I didn't even think about that. I just dropped a mic over here. Oh. <laughs> he, they or, were introducing transgender Hermie issues. As in Herme, as in male. Or, <laughs> please continue. Ooh. Ooh, Armano. Anyway. <laughs> As in brother? Now this is getting back to that fucking you can marry your you can bang your cousin. It from always last rolls episode. back around to the sex with the relatives, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, okay, we we've established he's like he's a, obviously a gay character. But that's not what I'm talking about when I'm like, this dude's totally a dandy, because you don't have to be gay to be a dandy. You know, it's all about <laughs> style and fashion. So I look at the character and I'm like, this this dude totally needs some argyle. <laughs> I was gonna find a way. <laughs> oh god, just a fucking moment of silence for fucking argyle. Only one moment now. <laughs> Hermie is allowed to become a dentist and remains unattached. Cornelius, always the most passable of the bunch, gets to stay in the North Pole since his masculinity seems to have ushered in a live and let live, or at least a don't ask, don't tell chapter into the culture. Yukon Cornelius? Oh yeah, he's gay too. Yukon Cornelius? Yeah, they're all gay. Yukon Cornelius okay, so is what gay. About the island, what about everyone on the island of misfit toys? Is that like so, the island of misfit gay sex toys? toys? Yeah, yeah it's sex much, toys. Yeah, but interestingly, <laughs> it's enough, the Great American Challenge. In the original, <laughs> the, the lion, Star in, Lion. What is his name? He has like a, oh god, he has a really gay name, doesn't he? Hold on, I'll look it up while Livius is making his <laughs> point. Like, it's like I am King Star Fire or something. I'm so sorry, Elias. Shira. 
Amanda is Amanda Amanda ing all over you. <laughs> In the original, they never went back to the island of misfit toys. So that was something that was added on because of Amanda's writing letter writing campaign. <laughs> Wait, Amanda is the social justice warrior That's in this situation. Yeah, she was. She was shocked. I don't know if you heard the shock. And when I, I like, and like when I read that, I was like, really? People wrote letters, but as I was saying it, Amanda shock. I was like, oh yeah, I know exactly who was writing the fucking letters. Now. <laughs> I was pissed back in the 60s. You don't know me. <laughs> Amanda's like, there's... You weren't alive back in the 60s. Never mind. <laughs> there's, not a, there's not enough drag queens in this for, for my taste is what Amanda was thinking. I'm sure. Except for the Lion King Starfire. What, what's his name? It was Starfire oh, or something, um, right? I, I, I looked in the IMDb. It's not, it's not even credited. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how little the character mattered. Because Rob was really surprised about Cornelius. So from this like same... King Rainbow Star or Star Rainbow Fire or something like that. Oh, dude, back in the day, we didn't know everybody from Wham! was gay. So, like, you know. Well, hold on a second. This is really good <laughs> stuff here. Wait, who didn't know that Wham! was gay? Dude, I didn't. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Cornelius is what we would now call a bear, an older. I, I never knew how oh, to say yeah, this. Oh yeah, okay, word. I can see that. Now. Oh, because he totally retrospect. bangs the abominable snowman, right? Hair suit, H R H I R S U T E. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's hairy, right? Yeah, but but that's how you say it, right? Hair suit. Yes. Okay, gay man who embraces an over-the-top masculinity despite being gay. Cornelius is the original. You ready for this? Lumbersexual. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll go with yep. that. That makes sense. Yeah. Lumbersexual. That's a real so, thing. Original hipster. Let's look oh, up yeah, lumbersexual. That's, that's what it means, right? Because it's like. Um... The word lumbersexual is clickable and it goes right to fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> Holy shit. Of course it does. There it's is a picture a... <laughs> of Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> it has an example of lumbersexual fashion, which is a guy wearing a fucking plaid shirt. Or, uh, oh um, man, no. all the real lumber sexuals are bitches. Yeah, but what about the beard and the jeans? <laughs> well, alright, so Yukon Jack. Can we talk about Yukon Jack a little bit? His name is Yukon Cornelius. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> I don't care. Yukon. Like, Yukon Jack is really shitty Canadian liquor. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, you're probably right about that. That guy <laughs> was probably the most entertaining character. Right in the entire thing. Oh, definitely. Why, are, why am I hearing sound in the background? <laughs> Amanda, what are you watching? I well, don't have anything on. That was me playing your lumber sexual <laughs> favorite character, Yukon Cornelius, who I think his name is Jack. Yes. <laughs> you can call him whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> am I just thinking about? And it's probably an alcohol situation that. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yukon Cornelius fucking just like blows into every scene just way over the top and <laughs> really is never helpful. Like, am I right about this? Like, he just kind of complicates everything except for the one time where he tumbles over the fucking cliff with the abominable snowman and you know they fuck down there. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he tumbles over the cliff with the abominable snowman. On the way down, they face their fears of death, and they realize how precious life is. And by the time they hit solid ground, 
Man, their clothes are coming off. Right, because they're like all those endorphins that have been pumping through right. their bodies exactly. like when they're falling off a cliff. They got a fucking like death boner. <laughs> Jesse's with me on this. Amanda and Livius, I feel like, maybe don't follow me as much on this one. Dude, those guys are the original murder husbands. They really are. I'm like, that's exactly like the end of the Hannibal series was based on when Yukon Cornelius and the Abominable Snow <laughs> go over the fucking... <laughs> oh, man. It's just fucking art bar- borrowing from earlier art. Oh. <clears throat> Hashtag Brian Fuller. Hashtag Brian Fuller. I'm going to email Brian Fuller. I'm going to tweet at him about this. Like, did you get your idea from Yukon Cornelius? I think I know you did. Olivia's thoughts? Um, I, 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 I'll be honest. He was astonished. I stopped, I stopped listening. Oh man, ago. there, <laughs> there was a love tumble. Reminiscent no, you don't. Of. You don't have to explain it all again. I listened to it when it's posted online. I promise. Fair. That's fair. Thank you, um, um, I don't. I mean, I guess we have to give this a, a wrap up and some stars. I don't. Even it's, know how to judge it's this. So timeless. So. It was fantastic. Thanks All right, there's Amanda's review. Five stars, Amanda. <laughs> five stars. Five stars. Okay, Jesse, what do you got? Three stars. Whoa. Okay. Reason? Yeah. Reason. You have to back up a three yes, star. Yes, yeah. reason. You have to defend such a low rating. Yeah, it's Rudolph. I, you think that's a low rating? Yes. Um, three stars because by the time I was a kid growing up. We had Rudolph the Grinch and Frosty the Snowman to watch all during Christmas. And Rudolph was the worst of the three, always, because it was the most boring of the three. What? Like, even like Clarice's song, like, kind of. Jesse, like, doesn't the social here? justice at warrior in you yeah, I mean, demand come on, that is... you have more respect for this? <laughs> no, because See, the, the, the magic in, in Frosty through. the Snowman, like, beat out the social justice. And Rudolph. <laughs> That's fair. Wow. That, Wait, uh, beat it so, off? Yeah, I want to so make sure I heard you right. In doing my research um, on this <laughs> on this gay agenda thing that was happening in, 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 um, in Rudolph, um, apparently Frosty deals with the loss of a loved one. So uh, maybe next year. I don't know, oh, yeah. That's, that's it. It's on the agenda. On the <laughs> um, Rob. Um, something that I did not get to mention because I was so focused on that tumble over the cliff <laughs> was <laughs> and calling the guy Yukon Jack for some reason <laughs> was the um, gender inequality, which I can't believe that Jesse didn't mention. Um, but there was <laughs> like there was definitely <laughs> there was definitely a point in Rudolph where oh I've got um, notes about it. Oh, do you? Because like there was a point where um, so Donner is Rudolph's. Um, father, and when Rudolph goes missing, um, Donner goes out to find him, and the wife, the whose women name, stay at home. Like and... the yeah, I don't even think they gave the wife a name. <laughs> I don't remember her anyway. name was wife. Her name was <laughs> no, like didn't. subjugated person. Um, like in the narration, <laughs> it said like uh, that Donner went off to find Rudolph, um, but the the but she stayed home to do wife things or something. It was like so. Um, <laughs> They actually said, like, but the women stayed at home. Yeah, or exactly. Something like, like that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, the narration specifically 
called out the fact that she couldn't go help find her own son because she she was a woman. So um, it's obviously dated because it's from the mid-60s, where in the mid-60s, I'm assuming that that was just like, oh, yeah, she's a dumb woman, whatever. Um, That's true, but when Rudolph went back home, neither of his parents were there, so this doesn't pass the David James Keaton continuity error test. <laughs> Dude, nothing passes here. I'm going to spoil. Well, Clarice, Clarice and Rudolph's mom, like, they went off, too. They did. Like, so, like the, the women they were gone. Yeah, the women were like, fuck this. All right, so this, yeah. see? Like, this is even subtly, like, you know, like, you know, feminist, because the women were like, you right. know what? Fuck these dumb men. We're going to go looking, too. Right, and, like, all of the misfits learned, like, okay, the only people you can truly trust are, like, the other misfits that have been you know, wrongly treated because the other people will only love you when they find you useful and will throw you out the minute you stop knowing how to pull teeth or light things up. Like, as soon as Rudolph's nose, like, stopped glowing, you know, they were like, you know what, get your gay ass out in the cold caves and take your gay dentist friend with his shaky arthritic hands and, you know, go to the island of misfit toys. We don't give a shit. I can't. I I wanted to say more, but I feel like I can't. I just gotta let Amanda drop the mic on that. Yeah. Um, but the bullshit of it is, Rudolph just kind of like, what is it? Years later, I can't even like. I don't know the timeline of this, but like, he just kind of saunters back to town, and he's like, "I'm back, bitches," and they're like, "Oh, thank. <laughs> oh, it's nice you're safe." As if like he went out, you know, for like skydiving. <laughs> it wasn't like he was gone for his entire like adolescent life <laughs> it was like <laughs> ah you're gone for a day or two hey thanks for coming back um so it was really weird so like that whole feminist agenda of like we're gonna find him anyway that didn't matter <laughs> so and neither did like the masculine like i'm a man i'm gonna find him like none of it mattered because he just kind of wandered back into town one day and he's like i'm rudolph motherfuckers and they're like <laughs> <laughs> and then Conveniently for the plot, there's a snowstorm, and Santa's like, "Oh, I'm fucked. Wait a minute, I got a guy with a bright nose. I got this covered. <laughs> I, need hey, I suddenly like him." Rudolph, please forget the fact that I was a total fucking dick, like the Back entire right. movie to you. Back a when I was huge thin, ass dick. When I was thin and dealing with like body dysmorphia <laughs> issues. Well, now body dysmorphia, maybe a little bit of a strong term, but like. He was definitely like, I'm thin, and his wife's like, you need to get fat. Maybe she's got, like, a fat <laughs> fetish. Maybe that was a thing back in the day. He has a, an image to live up to. He was stressed, but Santa was definitely an asshole. Yeah, Santa's I'm like, sorry, I do. The, the body dysmorphia thing, I'll back off on that. That was really harsh. But Santa's yeah, like, that's... bitch, I do CrossFit. <laughs> uh, Did anyone else think it was weird that, like, <clears throat> Santa and Mrs. Claus called each other Mama and Papa? That was dirty. I mean, that was, that was that definitely was totally a bedroom dirty. thing. Yeah. Livius is like, I'm done with this episode. (laughs) I think you might have, like, passed out from that. (laughs) I want people to understand what would happen if I was no longer here. That's what I want people to understand. Zero rails. I'm drunk. This fucking shit that's been going on for, like, 12 minutes just going on. Rob, can you give it some stars, though, please? You really want me to wrap this up, don't you? Uh... Yeah, stars, bro. Dude, five stars. five stars. Five man. stars. Beautiful. Five stars. Um, I don't think this holds up very well. <laughs> um, oh, you fucking, and, hate, you guys and, fucking hate Rudolph. No, no. And I'm going to go back to something that, that Amanda said. So get all the subtext out of this. 
it does send a poor message to children with um, the acceptance issues. So again, Rudolph is accepted, but he's only accepted because he's um, because he's of value, because he can do something that other people can't. And it really rubbed me the wrong way um, when I watched this. Um, that being said, the Japanese people did a shitty job animating it. There's some classic stuff that came out of it that's kind of no, cool. But you, ha- you have to take with it like the message that Rudolph did find acceptance outside of like regular society Rudolph that, like, that's, those that fuckers was the wrong. message you know that was the message yeah, that, you know, like, Livius's message place. is like bigger than that like Ru- Rudolph is exploitable so I think that's the main thing here yeah, yeah. So dude it's so, a date it's, it's, it's something from so long ago I didn't want to do the math that's why I didn't say how many years ago but it's like so it was 60, 70 years, years ago, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's from like 3,000 years ago how, <laughs> how could you expect that at least <laughs> Wait, hold on a second. All right, all right. Let's drop back in. <laughs> Rob, when I say hey, this was acceptable because it's set in a time period that was long ago, you're like, no, no, fuck that. Now you're actually telling me to create this based on the fact that it's fifty fucking years old, and because that was cool back then. Dude, don't expect me to remember what I said. That's even that's ten minutes ago. I'm, all I'm, I'm gonna... saying is that like it had it for for its time. Mm-hmm. Like for now, it's a bullshit message. But for its time, it was probably pretty progressive. Three stars. <laughs> well, like, I'm you. done because I know what you you were leading into the next thing, which is I, you're just dying to talk about this because like this is going to be rolling some tears and shit. Oh shit! I, uh, oh Mark, god, Mark we've been Carney? drinking too much to like talk Mark about Carney. Right. Well, which that is puts the us... perfect time to talk about oh, Art Carney, damn. right? Because we're all as drunk. As his character is, as his character was, show. yeah, yeah. I'm actually Anna's adding watch. Jim Beam to my glass to yeah, talk yeah. about I'll this. I'll take a sip right now. This is um, Twilight Zone season two, episode eleven. Correct, maybe. Yep. Yes. Um, and it is entitled "Night of the Meek." It is uh, Art Carney plays a um, mall, uh, a department store Santa. Mm-hmm. I love how I, I was reading something about this online. They're like, has a seasonal job as Santa Claus as opposed to a full fucking time job. As Santa Claus <laughs> like anybody's summer. Yeah, he's not one of those year round Santas. That, yeah, <laughs> he's just got the seasonal gig because he's that Damn, guy who's rough. He's not yeah. a professional. He is a seasonal Santa Claus. He's got to um, step up his game. <laughs> who is down and out? He's a drunkard. He's uh, a, a, early on in the episode. He is fired um, from his position as Santa Claus. But he finds a magic bag that um, gives people the gift that they want. Um, okay. And then again, we're going to go, this is going to be spoilers because A, the episode's all <laughs> 24 minutes long and it's 175 fucking years old. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, it is on Netflix. You should do so this holiday season because of all the Christmas things we've talked about. This one is probably as close to flawless as you get. That's beautiful. Pretty much. Rob, some uh, insight or thoughts maybe into the story on this, or what do you got? I don't know if I felt the magic that uh, apparently the rest of you guys did. Um, All right, Rob, thanks. Um, Amanda? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, Rob. Never mind. (laughs) No, go ahead, Rob. Uh, do we are we explaining the story? Or are we just talking about personal impressions? Yeah, I mean, and we can talk about the story. I'm, I'm hoping that everybody has kind of seen this already because if you haven't, fuck, why not? So, all right. So here's what I'll say: the 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 episode takes place in a time where what is this in the 60s? I'm guessing that the 70s, something like that. 
60s, early 60s. 60s. Early 60s. Where, like, like the entire... Like, so, um, it seems like in this time, because I was born in the late 70s, I don't have personal experience. I'm just going to put that on the table right now. In this time, the whole, like, going to the department store and sitting on Santa's lap and asking for presents was, like, a way different experience than we see it now where, like, there's a meme every four seconds of a kid crying on Santa's lap. Like, this was a magical moment for a lot of people. So, like, the idea of going to the department store and lining up and waiting to tell Santa what you wanted for Christmas was, like, it was part of the formula of the holiday season. Is that is that kind of accurate? Yeah, but it also, like seem to fit in with more of like a wealthy mm. child's you know privilege to do so like you see the children running to him on the street oh. hold on jesse do you have anything to... <laughs> i mean but that's that was like a big deal you know you've got the kids in the store that were asking for the toys and like when the kid on the street runs up and is like can you give my daddy a job i'm like ah. yeah, so, so yeah yeah so like so like he's a department store santa but this fucking guy is like a crazy drunk. We see him at this bar drinking like crazy and eating a sandwich. I don't know if the sandwich <laughs> was kind of superfluous, if you ask me. Yeah, superfluous. Um, but Those shots were rather small, too. And the shots were really small. Like, coming from Jesse, who is a bartender. Uh, or, you, you know, like, yeah. Um, but, so he's a, he's, I can't remember what, was, what point I was trying to make, but like, um, like, this department store Santa is, like... Like, he's legit Santa to these people who are sitting in his lap. And this guy is just, like, this down-on-his-luck drunkard who... When he's not the seasonal Santa, which is... It's funny that they even call it seasonal. He's he's jobless. <laughs> he's he's unemployed. Um, Like, this is his one time of year that he even does work. So this guy's kind of... I mean, it's very obvious he's a loser... Um, but putting him up on this, in this job is, it's weird because like, this is his one passion in life. (laughs) It's how I took it, right? (laughs) Like, this is the only thing this guy cares about. Besides a bottle of wine, this is the only thing that this guy cares about. Like, intensely. If this were a book, I'd have the specific quote that I've been thinking about for the six or seven minutes that Rob has been waiting on. Say it. Go ahead. Go. Say it. But he says, he says, you know what? I drink so I don't weep. <laughs> and the drinking is more the more discreet of the two. Yeah. So really what we have is a guy who's really heartfelt and, and is basically drowning his sorrows in liquor. Not that that's the right thing, Rob. <laughs> um, I don't want to come out of supporting alcoholism in any way shape or form i don't know what you're talking about it's um it's really touching and it's really weird because he's the only character whose dialogue is written really intelligently throughout the the course of the episode it's really i'll tell you yeah that's true rob cries bitch tears at fucking the drop of a hat and i gotta tell you Oh my god, that's going that's the first quote at the beginning of (laughs) this episode. I don't, but I'm watching this at lunch at work and I'm sitting in our our break room and I'm like, fuck, I hope nobody fucking walks in because I'm watching this on my phone in the middle of the day and I'm like fucking bleary eyed. Um it's it's always been my my favorite Twilight Zone episode. When I say only from the time I was probably ten or eleven, which is many, many years ago. Um and, and I think it holds up really well to this day about a guy who really um, just wants other people to be happy and is granted his while he's granting gifts that everybody wants he's granted his his the best gift and 
and again, I'm going to go you know completely spoilers here. At the end, he's given the job to Santa Claus to do this every year. But I think the best part of that <laughs> is that slightly earlier, he says, this is the best day of my life. Because he was able to just give gifts to people, and then he's to rewarded other people, for, yeah, to right, and he's rewarded. Say, yes, I can help you. Yes, I yes. can help. I yep. can help. Amanda gets it. Yeah, I totally get it. <laughs> so he's talking um, to some dick in a smoking jacket. No, <laughs> the guy in the smoking jacket was really cool. No, the guy yeah, smoking part. Bert, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, Bert, well, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, but you know I mean, his like, name? He even ta- yes, I know his. Fucking name. Is that the guy from the department store? The guy was a no, dick. No, oh, it's no, one of the other like guy, old the homeless. The guy from guys. the AA meeting. The yep. guy from the AA meeting. Mm-hmm. There was an AA meeting? God damn it. Did you watch the episode? <laughs> okay, I gotta ask. Like I, I like the episode. It was it was really touching. I think the ending paid it off perfectly. Like the it's all about the ending. But did anyone else like before that, like <laughs> Think <laughs> so I'm gonna say like okay this episode sucked until the ending then. No. Like, what no. what did it have been better if he would have just pulled out gifts and given them to the person and they would have been exactly what they wanted instead of them saying what they wanted? I agree. But that's not what he was used to as a department store Santa. I think that played into it people telling him all the time exactly what they needed and exactly what they wanted and that idea of the children that he ran into on his way to and mm -hmm. from like being like this is what i want this is what i need this is what would help and him always you know not being able to do anything about that and suddenly he could i'm going to demonstrate um an amanda level of awareness of this episode he he pulls out a cane to a guy who doesn't ask in that yes. same AA meeting. That is true. And he hands the, the guy. The guy won't say anything. Like, mm-hmm. you can see it in his face that he wants to say something and he does not. That's the exception, though, in the episode. Wait, how yeah, does that, that, how does that, that demonstrate? How does that demonstrate an Amanda level of awareness? <laughs> because she remembered Bert's name, and I'm glad I'm not the one that said it because I totally knew that it was Bert with the smoking jacket and the fucking yes. face. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fine. That's fair. I'd like to start wrap-ups on this. I don't know if we have to talk any further on this, because clearly we are well divided. I uh, I think that this is the most touching episode of The Twilight Zone ever. It's probably one of the best things you can watch that really um, embodies the Christmas spirit. I give it four and a half million fucking stars. Do the math. I on oh, we, we may I'm as well fucking let Amanda go next. <laughs> I will give it that many stars as well, and I will say that it is second best Twilight Zone. Oh, which one do you like best? Ever. Let's talk about this. Uh, the one, <laughs> the one with Robert Redford when he plays Death. He's really, really young. Remember Wanda, and she lived alone, and she would never answer the door. The really old woman, and she didn't want the light or to mm-hmm. answer the door, and yep. then oh, no, I know what you're them. talking about. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. Earlier tonight. Like it makes me watched, cry. This like, is this is this is yeah. This is the mo- this is see exactly, Rob. Now I want you to know what it feels like. <laughs> Earlier tonight, I watched and I forget. I think it's called the Final Flight. It's about the guy who time travels forward from World War One and winds up in 1960. Yeah. Um, that's another one of my favorites. I really oh, like. Oh yeah, yeah, that one's really. Yeah. Netflix for some reason has series um, seasons one, two, three, and five. So I don't know what happened to season four. That one's not on Netflix. That's weird. Rob, did you have a did you have a wrap up for this? 
Um, Give us some stars. I or, So, like, I do have something to say about this episode. Like, I get the story, and I get what it was saying, and I get the touchingness, and for the time, blah, 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 whatever. Livius is obviously significantly older than me because he fucking remembers this <laughs> and, like, fucking... <laughs> has this emotional attachment to it that I don't fucking have, personally, because it's the first time I've ever seen it. But how fucking irresponsible is it to make fucking a drunk Santa Claus? <laughs> like, uh, and, and I know, like, oh, I drink because blah, blah, blah. That's a bullshit. I've never, I've never fucking excused anybody for alcoholism, and I won't do it for this guy either. Fuck that guy. He doesn't deserve to be Santa oh, Claus. Oh, no. Did you, did you like, did you like bad Santa? I never saw it because I don't like that you guy. Oh, oh. Oh, okay. I totally figured that would be a movie that you've seen. No, 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 nope, nope, not not interested. What's that guy's name? Tommy Lee Jones. Bill, Billy, Billy Bob, Bob Thornton. Thornton. Yeah, yeah, you don't three like names. Billy Bob Thornton. No, I don't like Billy Bob Thornton. He was okay in Fargo. I think he's the asshole American president in Love Actually. Yeah, I didn't like Love Actually either. So I'm just gonna just piss everybody off right now. Apparently. <laughs> Everybody, feel free to just hate me right now. Um, uh, for now, for its time, this episode may have been like fucking revolutionary or whatever. I don't fucking know, but it was—I mean, it was pretty basic in a lot of ways, and like the acting and the plot and everything was very obvious and very like simple. Um, for its time, it yeah, might like have been Kurt like Vonnegut simple, like perfection. Oh, Sorry, God, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, Amanda. So, uh, I love Rod Serling. He was hey, my first did I interrupt your I fucking? 15. Did I interrupt your? Sorry, I don't know. Go fucking ahead. know. You had a crush on Rod Serling? Oh, God, <laughs> wait, I don't even need to have a crush on Rod Serling. Yeah, I have a crush Hold on, on Rod Serling. With the suit and the hair and the eyebrows and the serious voice and the fact that he like wrote most of the episodes, how do you not have a crush on Rod Serling? I mean, a I didn't know any of that stuff. <laughs> um, age, death, I don't know. I mean, the fact that it's I Rod Serling. I was like Serling, 15 like, when I fell in love with him. I'm still kind of in love with him. I, I think I'm going to give that a better rating than the, than the fucking <laughs> episode. That's way more entertaining. Yeah, that's like the best. Oh, I feel like I said a lot really fast. Five, <laughs> five stars for Amanda having a girl boner for Rod Serling. Uh, Excuse me, it's called a lady boner. What did I say? Girl boner. It's the same yeah, thing. Rob, it doesn't if matter. You, if you would stop using your male privilege on this yeah, episode, yeah. Rob, that'd be great. Thanks. Um, a little, a little girly boner. How's that? Um, and uh, three stars for this this episode of, of Twilight Zone. Uh, travesty. Jesse, you still have a chance for Amanda and I to like you. What do you think? <laughs> I'm gonna say pardon four me stars for having an opinion. Fucking pardon me for having an opinion. Okay, first of all, if we're if we're gonna talk about like sexual privilege, we gotta say like putting the word lady before the word boner is like <laughs> like against the whole idea of what you're trying to get at. Jesse, anyway, I edit, I edit I want this to podcast. Say lady boner. I want to say I'm lady pretty boner. sure feminists invented lady boner. Yeah, come on. Uh, it was fucking uh, what's her name with the vagina monologue. She made this stuff up. Yeah, Just go with yeah. it. Get your hate speech right. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> You can fact okay. check that once your fucking wrap up is done. My wrap up. Four stars because of inconsistencies with plot that I outlined earlier, but I do love the Twilight Zone and it was a very touching episode. And the ending actually paid off. Usually, you know, 
you'll find people saying stuff like, oh, I really like this until the ending. Like, they usually have a problem with the ending. And it's like, well, if the ending didn't work, doesn't that mean the whole story failed? So I think the ending kind of made up for the whole story in this episode. So four stars. Okay, what was your favorite Twilight Zone episode to stay on topic? Um, while he's <laughs> while he's while he's thinking of that, I'm just gonna say that <laughs> fucking Crowley or whatever his name was should have died in a gutter because he was such a crazy alcoholic. <gasps> that would have been the fucking realistic ending to that episode. <laughs> it's like you're stabbing me in the heart and like twisting. Because it. the sadness and 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 awfulness of the world would have overwhelmed his like one night of giving gifts to people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> See now, I would I would have appreciated that too. It's like you can have the the Frank Capra version of the story, or the Werner Herzog version of the story. Livius, did I just trump on your heart? No, I'm just I'm disappointed, Rob. That's all. I don't know how you um, expected me to feel about this. That's the only thing I thought, that's confusing I thought you me. Would, I thought you would. I genuinely thought that you would like this. I think our Carney does a phenomenal job in this just fantastic Hmm. like like i like ed norton don't get me wrong i i tried to style my life after ralph cramden i mean i i I really appreciate the work done on the honeymooners but um this this might be our crowny our carney's crowning achievement yeah it turns out he's like an actor like he's like an he's actually yep so okay all right okay jesse jesse still didn't give star wait no jesse four stars right Art Carney was an actor, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the math. God damn you! So Amanda, you were four and a half million stars, right? So yeah, nine right. million stars. Oh, I should have done us. negative millions. That's what I should have done. Rob did three stars. Jesse did four stars. So that's nine million seven stars divided by four. Yeah, I mean, it still comes out to like two point right. two million stars or something. So we're fine. We're good. Well, it's right. a good thing we were all being rational. Yeah. yeah. Well, I I tried starting out rational, and then you went all fucking. I hate Santa Claus and Art Carney. (laughs) I do hate Santa Claus. Have we not figured that out? Ugly and wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, People, (laughs) listeners, might be asking themselves if this is the booked (laughs) holiday party. Why isn't Ryan um, part of this episode? Now I'm going to explain to you why. Because Ryan's a fucking intern. And this is like the boss party <laughs> for book and our guests. So interns are not invited to these parties. Interns get to go to like the meetings and like the town halls and stuff, but not to a party. That being said, um, Ryan did provide a holiday clip for you guys. So uh, without further ado, here's Ryan, the marketing intern. Hey, this is Ryan McRae, the marketing intern for the booked podcast. Sorry, been away. I have had a super duper uh, lung infection, sinus nightmare. Ugh, I have been a bucket of disease. And just after listening to this, you should just put some Purell on your hands and your ears. So, just wanted to let you know that our little Christmas present to you is when you sign up at bookedpodcast.com, you can sign up for our newsletter. And we will send you a copy of the booked anthology, our little gift to you, and you can get it whatever version you want. And I uh, hope you're having a great Christmas uh, holiday season extravaganza. And I am currently reading the book The Circle by Dave Eggers and uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. That's what I got going on. 
And, uh, yeah, and I'm hoping Livius and Rob get me something really good for Christmas. And that's about it. Have a nice one. Bookpodcast.com. All right. Um, even though he wasn't invited to the office party, I'd like to wish Ryan um, a very Merry Christmas or whatever he celebrates. Rob, what do CrossFit people celebrate? Um, they celebrate throwing tires at each other, I think. And, um, right? Like forcing, um, I think, like they go up to pregnant women and force births. I think that's another thing that they do. Like, I'm going to pull the baby out of you. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what holiday that is, but Ryan, happy, whatever that is. <laughs> um, I just want to say, I can't, I can't tell you how happy I am that he's back from China. I was a little worried that he would get shorter. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to tell though from the amount of content that's been. I produced. know, right? Like it's been one clip since he's been back. So, as a matter well, now of fact, two. I'm sorry, now two, yeah, two. Yeah. The Chinese have produced a lot more products that I've ordered online. <laughs> <laughs> so they're more a presence in your life than Ryan yeah, is. Yeah, they so just gonna... have a better. They have a better workout. Thing, we get, really. I guess we're so. gonna get like the thing is, anytime I send him a message saying, "Hey, give us a clip," he gives us a clip. So it's. It, I mean, I, I got to take some of the blame for this, but um, it is nice to have him joining us for the uh, the holiday office party, even though he's not technically invited. Who's ready to do another gift exchange? I can't tell Yay! you how excited I am. Let's do it. Um, I think it's going to be my turn, right? Uh, yeah, let's do let's do Rob's. So uh, I am so glad that these packages are close because I'm really afraid to stand up at this point. There is approximately twelve percent left of this bottle of wine. <laughs> Please go to it. Please, everybody, just go to it. Open up your stuff. All right, I got the, I got to see what I got here. Holy you, shit. You fucker. <laughs> God damn really? It. You're giving this to me? Uh, it, it, It's a special oh, honor. Are you going to put your drinks on? <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, you got multiple parts. Amanda got one part. Livia's got one part. So, uh, Jesse probably is going to be the most difficult to explain, but um, it sounds like Amanda knows what her gift is. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob gave me a very, very rare bottle of beer, which is from Three Floyds, one of our favorite breweries that we both visited together, actually. And then he gave me a probably even more rare paperback book from Joey Camo called Bible Camp Love Bath, which I believe was like later adapted and extended into a novel. Oh, the, yeah, that the, the summer actually reviewed. Yeah, the summer is not ended. Wait, wait, wait. The summer is over and we are the summer is yeah, ended saved or something. Like... Saved? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so, fuck that guy. Very awesome. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You got to tell about the third thing. I think oh, you do have to tell about that? I think you responded to it a little bit, but I want to hear a little bit more about the third thing. Okay, so Rob also gave me his coaster. His infamous booked podcast recording coaster, which is a arc the fuck out of Monica Drake's The Stud Book. <laughs> um, Rob, I, you parted with the coaster? I gave up the stud book, and I'll tell you why. Um, I felt like the bar was set so high with the packaging job I did for Jesse's um, present last year. 
that there had to be some sort of inside <laughs> joke that accompanied his gift for this year. Um, and so that's what that's it was. A, that is pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Big thing. Big stuff. Amanda, um, would you like to talk about your gift from Rob? Mine's overly appropriate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, really? Do tell. It's an alarm clock. <laughs> what, would you, what would you use that for, Amanda? <laughs> for, for getting to places that I'm supposed to be on time. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. That's great. <laughs> good job rob that's all i'm gonna say good job rob. yeah that's amazing hey so like wait so far what's the theme amanda are we are we recognizing a theme in the things that you're you're receiving at all uh no okay all right okay. well maybe it'll, it'll emerge over time maybe maybe i, I refuse <laughs> i refuse to learn anything sure 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 <laughs> Livia? Listeners, <laughs> listeners um, may remember a few episodes ago that we had talked about um, "Make America Vape Again," and uh, Rob tracked down a "Make America Vape Again" T-shirt, which is <laughs> awesome. Listen, I can tell you for sure, um, I'm probably not going to do laundry by my next day off, which is the day after tomorrow. But I'm totally wearing this. My first opportunity to wear a T-shirt, which will be like Thursday. So um, this is. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Sure. Thank you so much, Rob. Like, what else could it be, honestly? You know, I'll be honest. I didn't, you know, Rob had said we met uh, for him to to give me the gift. I had mine shipped directly to him. And he says, yeah, you know, if he gave it to me in a bag. And he says, if you feel the package from Amazon, you're going to know what category it's in. And earlier tonight, (laughs) as I was preparing, I said, yep, you know what? You're right. I was like, what the fuck kind of t-shirt would he have gotten me? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Like, no idea whatsoever. So, that's, this is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, a successful round of uh, the gift exchange, I'd say. Very successful. Ooh. Amanda got an alarm clock. I, f- I feel wanted. We do. We just want you that's to be on the thing. show. That, that's and, but we also, we also want you to control the outbursts a little, too. I don't know if the third gift will cause that to happen, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> this was the third gift, Livius. So I don't know if you're paying attention. Oh, fourth gift. Sorry. Fourth yeah. gift. Oh, no. That, that gift's just going to, like, make her outbursts more um, excited. Is it the Great American Challenge? <laughs> <laughs> We still have to talk about the Great yes. American Challenge. That's gonna I didn't have to be the one to bring it up. Either. That's going to create some really big uh, responses, I think. No, but so, it is stimulating. Oh, and everyone, <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> going to pretend like they have no idea what we're talking about. Um, Amanda, nobody on this podcast knew what you were talking about until you provided the link. <laughs> Just FYI. So I know you think everybody knows, but... Um, and uh, that's one Christmas tradition. We're not going to talk about that now. I am going to share some quickly some quick Christmas traditions from around the globe that I found that were kind of interesting. So um, let, let's keep this to a quick commentary as I want to move through like five or six of these and then we'll get into the next segment. So um, does anybody know where Catalonia is? Catalonia? Yeah. Are we supposed to it's pretend like Spain, they teach Americans it? geography? Like, is that what we're pretending? Well, that's what I'm saying. You know what? I, there are people listening in other countries right now going, is he fucking kidding? He doesn't know where Catalonia is? I have no idea where Catalonia <laughs> right. is. Well, Catalan is a Spanish 
de- derived language is it is it based in spain uh it's an autonomous community of spain very good well done singular community of spain and i'm just gonna read this to you from uh i don't even know how to say this website name so i'm not gonna i'm not even gonna try there are a couple of strange catalonian traditions one of which is the cagotillo or defecating log (laughs) i'm in in the in the fortnight, in in the fortnight leading up to Christmas, a grinning creature is created out of a small log and placed on the dining room table. The log must be fed every day with fruit, nuts, and sweets before, on Christmas Eve, it's beaten with sticks, excreting its goodies. <laughs> Another fecal-themed Catalonian custom is a caganer. A small defecating figurine, which traditionally appears in nativity scenes. Did I, did I hear that right? You, so it's like I, the little wind-up bunnies that poop jelly beans. Yeah, but I think this might be like older and less cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like you probably have to actively force the goodies out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like you have to do in real life. Um, so we're back to like Rudolph and like the subtext. Is that what's happened? Like... I'm not sure. In Japan, um, so we're just KFC... gonna run right past that. We're not even. So... Yeah, I mean we've got right, five or six to get right, through. Yeah, cool. and, and if we can keep Amanda on track, we can get through this episode. <laughs> um, in Japan, KFC launched a super successful marketing campaign um, four decades ago. Since then, KFC has been associated with Christmas in the minds of the Japanese, oh, in a tradition passed down from parent to child in I'm spite so of its commercialized No, it, it, there's nothing specific about this except that that's all they fucking do on Christmas. They sell 240,000 barrels of chicken are sold during Christmas, which is that's five like to ten. So much less stressful than like regular. Five to ten oh, yes. times the normal monthly sales in Japan. You know what? I'm actually loving this. And this makes so much sense because in America, Chinese restaurants are some of the only places open on Christmas. That's fair. I see what you're saying. That's that's very, very fair to to flip that around. (laughs) Yep. All right. Um, In the Czech Republic, and I'm going to, I'm going to, wait, 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 wait. It was just people eat more chicken. That's it. Dude, that's what they that's all it's they tradition. do for Christmas is eat fucking KFC chicken for the last forty years. I'll tell you KFC right. chicken. KFC right chicken specifically. <laughs> there are pictures of lines. You know how like at some electronic stores and there's a big release, there's like a line around the block. Do they not that's have fucking KFCs chickens are. over there? Is there I, not like appara- a chicken? Apparently all the chickens are, are owned by the colonel. Those, those weird chicken lockdowns. Oh no, I totally get this because there is like one specific Chinese restaurant in Minneapolis that ends up on the news every fucking Christmas and has like to go order lines that like it takes like two hours to get to go food. And they have like if you want to get a table, like two hour wait to get a table too. So I totally get that there could be lines for fried chicken in Japan. Wow. Right. This next one, I'm gonna I'm gonna make some assumptions here. In the Czech Republic, um, over Christmas, Czech women use a clever trick. You know, one clever trick. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one trick that they can figure yeah, out yeah, in a yep, year. Yep. To predict their love lives for the coming year. 
unmarried women stand with their backs to their front doors and toss shoes over their shoulders. If a shoe lands with its toe pointing towards the door, the woman will get hitched within the next 12 months. If not, she goes back to doing really cheap porn. <laughs> yeah, but that's the now, best. Let's be honest. That's the best porn. Yeah, really part, is. part of that was desperate porn. By me. Desperate porn is the best porn. Desperate porn. But I mean, there yeah. are all sorts of like traditions like that where you can, like, oh, during dude, the Livius winter is Romanian. He knows like thirty of them. Like, yeah, during the winter moonlight, how you can predict what your husband's going to be like. Like, you go out into like a cabbage patch, like under the full moon. I'm not making this up. And you pull, you have to go. No, this is like every episode that Amanda's on. She has to talk about cabbage. Cabbage patch under the full moon. And you pull the root of the cabbage up, and based on the shape of the cabbage, you can tell what your husband is going to be like. Yeah, did your did your husband tell you this right after no. the pickle thing? No. <laughs> no, but I thing? thought he made up the whole Christmas pickle thing that you had a pickle in a tree that just didn't seem like it was the first time I heard. Like, what yeah, what, what's he told you this year for Christmas? <laughs> I wrote a whole story based around that fucking. Yeah, oh, I know. When oh, I started oh. talking about it, I knew exactly what you like, were you talking about. Like, you can't stop talking about cabbage. Yeah. All right, we're gonna move along. <laughs> Sweden. And this one is oh, really kind of kind of weird, and, and I'm going to explain why I think it's weird. In 1966, a 13-meter-tall goat figure made of straw was erected in the town square of some town I can't pronounce. At the stroke of midnight, Christmas Eve, the goat went up in flames. The town has been rebuilding this year after year, and the vandals have never stopped trying to burn down the goat. So a bunch of people build a 13, so that's what, 13 meters is what, 40 feet tall, right, roughly? About that. Math people? Okay. <laughs> and people keep trying I'm to all, I'm all imperial. Down. I don't understand metrics, so. <laughs> they have burned it down, burned it down 25 times. The town doesn't want it to be burned down. That's not part of the tradition that it gets burned down. Oh, it so is, a, though. It is. It's part well, of it. Like, they're going to yeah, be so disappointed yeah, if people yeah. stop trying to burn it down. For you fucking vandals, that's the point, right? So... Um, I'm going to read from the article. Just to be clear, the town doesn't want the goat to be burned down. In fact, in 2001, a fucking American asshole served time in jail and was fined for actually successfully burning down this thing. Now, you have to imagine, if it's that important to them, we just put a fucking security guard on it. It's been up for it's been 50 years and half, half the time it's been successfully burned down. It's part of the tradition. I don't, I don't understand. That's why the fucking Swedish are a third world country. Uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate. Not, I don't want to be I don't want to be all Jesse about things, but I feel like Sweden's doing better than we are. All right, listen, I'm the one reading our foreign up. correspondent Axel on this. Oh, that would take too much effort. Yeah. He's so he's like I'm in Denmark, motherfuckers. Life is great. We don't know what's going on with him. This is also a throwback to two years ago. I found out that in the Philippines, they have a very similar thing that I mentioned um, personally two years ago. Um, Christmas is huge in the Philippines since 80% of the population are Christians. That's more than the U.S., I believe. Celebrations last all the way to January. Children will leave their brightly polished shoes and freshly washed socks on the windowsills for the three kings to leave gifts in when they pass through their houses at night. Hey, that's what you do. Yes. On December December 6th. A little bit different, but yes, Rob is correct. Dude, it's, I wasn't even joking. That's what Livius no, says. He yeah. wants candy from like the fucking 
from Weird Saint Candy Nick. Fairy. Yeah, Saint Nicholas is his name. Saint Nicholas. Yeah, yeah. I was Saint close. Nicholas comes around on December sixth. So I wanted to share some uh, some around the world. I know that Rob covered one of the big uh, bigger American Christmas traditions. I wanted to bring you what foreign <laughs> people do, which includes pooping logs and socks filled with candy. Because what could taste better? Than a sock that had candy. I'm going to tell you, on a daily basis, <laughs> I think to myself, there's no place I'd rather discover candy <laughs> than where my feet have been. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I get You get it, Rob. That's good. At least this this part of the episode you get. I right, right. This is, my soberest, this is my soberest part of the episode is give me candy in my foot place. All right, um, so that was a little bit of a surprise for our guests. I was just kind of looking for some knee-jerk reactions, and we're going to do this um, again. <laughs> so, so far we've talked about Christmas movies, then we talked about Christmas TV shows. Previously, we've talked about Christmas um, writings, short stories, and books. Let's talk about some favorite Christmas songs. Um, I have, and I will kick it off. Um, I fucking love anything by Elvis or Judy Garland that's Christmas-related, so that's my traditional Christmas love. Um, I love the song No Presents for Christmas by King Diamond, which is really an anti-Christmas song, but it plays in my head for most of December. Um, and more recently, uh, I have fallen absolutely in love with the song A Great Big Sled, which was the Killers 2006 Christmas song that they write for, um, what's that guy's name from U2, uh, U2 Bono? For his, um, did you just ask who the guy from U2 is? <laughs> yeah, Bono. That's all I have to say. Fuck Bono. Yeah, I'm with yeah, her. I'm not that guy. Yeah, so, um, that being said, um, that those are some of my favorite Christmas songs. Jesse, tell us about some Christmas songs that you totally dig. Honestly, I'm not, not really into Christmas music. <laughs> This makes for excellent podcasting. Zero. That's what I picked. Words out of my mouth, bro. I picked zero song. Um, Amanda, I'm sure has a laundry list. So let's. Oh, uh, I love I love Santa Baby, the Eartha Kitt version. (laughs) That's my favorite of all time. I love it. I'm glad that you clarified because if you didn't, I was gonna throw Mariah Carey back at you. (laughs) I don't even know if I've ever heard a Mariah Carey version, but I wish I didn't know it existed. But like the Kit version, like I love it. Radio, the radio itself, if it's powered on or not, turns itself on to play fucking that song from Mariah. (laughs) No, I heard it like today at work, and it was the Eartha Kitt version, and it was. I was like, yes, my favorite Christmas song. That and the one um, Silver and Gold and Rudolph. Really? Because that's yeah. fucking terrible. No, it isn't. Silver and Gold. That's like See, whole it song sounds right like there. that. Yeah. Only with Aaron Burr singing it. Yeah. Burl Ives? Whatever. It's got a Burr in it. <laughs> yes, Burl Silver Ives. Silver and Gold. Who the fuck is, who the fuck is Aaron Burr? <laughs> Can we get this? Hang on, I'm going to ask Siri that exact question. Who the fuck is Aaron Burr? Was he like a vice president? Okay, I found this on the web for send who the fuck. <laughs> Aaron Burr. <laughs> oh, Siri, you made such a great entrance into our... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Third vice president of the United States. <laughs> fuck yes! Fuck yes! How did I fucking know that? Why am I not on Jeopardy? <laughs> All I know is that I am going to, every time I ask Siri something, it's going to start with 
the fuck? Or what the fuck? Or why the fuck? Hold on. Let's try that again. <clears throat> Who the fuck is Livia's Nedden? I'll pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, so that's time. Oh, that Apparently, awesome. Livia's Nedden is the bad word in that, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it is. You are you are the bad word. I mean, everybody else heard Siri slip up right and say the fuck word. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, it's on the record, man. It's fucking recorded. Yeah. <laughs> okay, if I'm if I'm amending my favorite Christmas song list, I gotta remember that recently I did discover the uh, that someone did one of those mashup type things or just a cover song version of "Baby It's Cold Outside," but they did the consensual version. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it oh, was really are you awesome. serious? Because that is the one hundred percent rapiest fucking song I've ever heard in my entire life. No, that's what I'm saying. They they did a consensual yeah, yeah, yeah. version of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. That's why it's cool. Right. I've got to do it. That song <laughs> plays at least three times a day at work. And I've yeah. never the rapey once heard version. Any... Nothing struck me as odd about that song. So what what is it oh, about dude. that song that's no, but see, that's the thing. Is like I don't even think it's rapey. I think it's more like. But I mean, like, what's what bothers me about it is like the woman that never even thinks about like what she wants to do. She only thinks about what people will think if she does what she wants to do. Dude, have I just... never heard the song before. Dude, I'm gonna find the lyrics. Give me, just give me, hold, just please hold the phone because it is the. But it's all about like what is like socially acceptable for me to do. What will my mother think? What will these people think? What will people say? She Wait. never like. There's no like examination of I'm all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this in do. my sexy yeah, voice. Me. It's still highly problematic, Amanda. <laughs> yes, it's very highly problematic. But that makes me sadder than you know him being like, eh, I'm dickhead. <laughs> Dude, but this guy was <laughs> so like. I'm gonna read some lyrics to you. Wait, Livius, do you have them up? Uh, I, do. Please, I, I do. I do. Livius, please, because it's gonna sound better in your voice than mine anyway. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna. I've read these in my head, and I'm. I'm kind of not. Easy. Maybe it's. Maybe the rape stuff happens at the end. <laughs> I'm gonna read the whole song. So if you're still listening, God fucking bless you. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna skip the butt baby. It's cold outside because that apparently happens 72 times in the song. I really can't stay. Gotta go away. This evening has been so very nice. My mother will... Oh, man, I'm, this is really hard to read. Some of it's in parentheses because some of it's from the, the guy's point of view. So, been hoping you'd drop in. So very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful watch you're wearing. My father will be pacing to the floor, listening to the fireplace roar. So I really, I'd better scurry. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Well, maybe just half a drink. Put some records on while I pour. The neighbors might think, baby, it's bad out there. So what's in this drink? All right, so I see that. that you guys are going to say that's roofies, right? No cabs to be had out there. I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like starlight. Can I skip to anything that might remotely be offensive? This is I'm not all seeing... fucking rapey. I don't know. So, like, like, let's break this down. She's all like, eh, I really should it's go. It's all about consent. She's like, mm, I got to go. And he's like, dude, do you realize how cold it is out there? And he's, That's she's totally like, know what he's saying. He's saying like, my penis is so warm. Right, right. <laughs> like, right but he's trying to like, well, he's tricking her with his, with his dominantly male. I'm, I'm getting all Jesse about this for now. breaking it down. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but like, you know, it's been great, but I gotta go. And he's like, but come on, like, you fucking want to stay? 
And she's like, yeah, it's kind of snowing out there. And he's like, I'm going to put my dick in you. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, but I, I, I kind of got to, like, I don't feel like this is the right time. And he's like, let me make you a fucking drink. No, but she, she doesn't say, I don't think this is the right time. She says, my mom says this. My dad says this. The neighbors say this. Or blah, the blah, damning blah, 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 part blah. is say. I only think about, you know. Oh, the one part she actually says the answer is no. All right, well, there's that, but, like, right, so, oh, well. damning part one is, say what's in this drink. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no cabs to be had out there, baby. And then, <laughs> so, like, fucking this guy is, like, he is putting it on. He's turned the dial up to 11. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, you know what, you're handsome, but I don't really want to think about your dick right now. <laughs> What is it? It's like the that episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where like Dennis is like it's all about the implication. Like okay. when he's talking about like his boat, his if they have a boat. Because no, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. My he's sister. Like, they won't say no because of the implication. <laughs> like, my sister will be suspicious. Man, your looks, your lips look delicious. Come on, it doesn't get much more damning than that. This is the rapiest song that has ever fucking existed. Why is she oh, trying to borrow a poem? That's a long shot. <laughs> yeah, like Rob, I, have you ever listened to rap like, music? Or Robin Thicke. What is it? The, um... Oh, Blurred Lines is just a wholesome... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the worst. That's yeah. In order, in order to mourn Alan Thicke's death earlier before the podcast, <laughs> Rob was going to watch that video. So that tells you which side of that line Rob's on. <laughs> oh, God. Well, Blur... I mean, so... It's a rapey song. It is a rapey ass oh, oh, song. Oh, please hold on a second. Rob's about to objectify women. Hold on a second. Wait, was I? Because I was talking about a rapey song. Right, you were saying it's a rapey song, but go on. <laughs> oh, did I? Did I say that? Yeah. No, 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 no. Not you said yet. it's a rapey song, but tell us why you were going to watch the video. The Alan, the Alan Thick video. God damn! Well, there's Robin, some, Robin there's some Thicke hot video. ladies dancing around naked. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So. It's... Because it has clips of, of Alan Thicke in Scream Queens. Wait, is he in Scream Queens? <clears throat> Chad Redwell's dead. Oh my god. No, that's... Yeah, yeah, that is Alan Thicke. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm getting all confused. I'm thinking about the naked ladies. I'm not thinking clearly, obviously. <laughs> I never claim to not be a hypocrite. I will objectify women from fucking morning till dusk. <laughs> but I still can identify a rapey song when I fucking see one. All right, um... I wasn't aware that song was rapey. I mean, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I just wasn't aware that it was rapey. Are we? Um, are we? Ident- we're identifying our favorite Christmas songs, right? Yeah, yes. that's where we are. So I've now added that one to my list. <laughs> Appropriately rapey. Yeah. Rob, uh, uh, on you, buddy. I've got two, but there's one that I do. I don't know what it is, so I'm going to need your help. <laughs> this sounds really weird. Oh um, one of my favorite Christmas songs. You're gonna fucking, we're gonna get back to her, Hermie on this a little bit, but um, <laughs> it's that fucking Last Christmas well, song. It's the Lamb song. Yeah, the it is. Song. It's called Last Christmas. Yeah, so. that fucking song is amazing. I mean, like, I mean, like, it's just so. <laughs> I mean, I'll sing along. That's how drunk I am right now. Let's go to some lyrics. Hang on, I'm gonna pause this. I'm gonna go to some lyrics. 
No, we're gonna like open with that, right? We gotta open with that. <laughs> Wait, me singing along to a Wham song because that's, yes. that's been my dream for the podcast for <laughs> yes. over three hundred. Well, while Rob's fighting lyrics, I want you guys to know this is the most masturbatory episode we've ever had. We don't even give a fuck. <laughs> If people are listening or if they care about what, like, this is all this about is the four of us. I, this it is, is the, the holiday holidays office. are all about, yeah. It's the office party. So it's about well, us. We can I think talk, I, oh, I think, oh, Wham. We can talk I, about how, like, Adam Sandler's ex-girlfriend's character misquotes Wham in The Wedding Singer. And it always <laughs> drove me nuts that she misquotes that song to try and get back together with him. What did she misquote? Uh, I need to hear this now because obviously I didn't pay enough attention to that she, movie. She says, wake me up before you go-go. Don't leave me hanging there like a solo. Oh, it's like a yo-yo. Exactly. Yeah. What a <laughs> bitch. Like, Fuck yeah. that girl. She did not deserve to get hung, like reconnected with. This last I'm Christmas song. Sure, I'm pretty sure Krumpus is coming for us. <laughs> so the last Christmas song by Wham, one of my favorite fucking Christmas songs ever. Because it's so, like, down. It's like the Empire Strikes Back of fucking Christmas songs. Um, and total silence on that. I'm fine with that. Now, there's another song. Every time I hear it, I think it's fucking amazing. But I have no idea what it is. But it's like this 80s song where there's, like, it's like a Christmas song, but a woman raps. Is that enough for anyone? <laughs> Yeah, I don't. You might, song. It's a you might have song. imagined this. Are you talking about? Oh, um, what's it called by the waitresses? Amanda, you would know. <laughs> I know what boys want. Yeah, is it? I know. No, no, they have a Christmas song too, though. Hang oh, on, I'm just looking up the waitresses. Christmas rapping. Hold on. <laughs> That's it. That's the my one, better. man. Yes. Yeah. I fucking love that song. Okay, that's <laughs> you good. know the waitress is at her Christmas song. Come on, this is an amazing song. And Rob, it's amazing that it's called Christmas okay, rapping. Now. When you said there's a woman rapping, that's what women do. They rap the gifts. <laughs> they rap the gifts. <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. Speaking Amanda, of... Amanda, in your house, who wraps all the gifts? I fucking rap all the gifts. See... <laughs> This is Amanda. Women like you enable me to be sexist. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> to... uh, Rob, I would just like to congratulate you on having two favorite Christmas songs and you had no fucking idea what they were. <laughs> no, I knew what one of them was. I knew what one of them was. It was that last Christmas song. <laughs> um... So yeah, guys, that's a that's an interesting list of of, of a Christmas songs. Um, I'm gonna second that thing on the waitresses. That Christmas rapping song is is pretty it's so pretty amazing. Good, it's yeah. such a good song. I don't know any of the words, but it's just a great song. <laughs> um, let's do. We have one more gift exchange to do. I Yay. believe, correct? Is it Jesse's? Yeah, it is Jesse's. Thanks, Can I just say that um, all of us in in kind of a descending order um, are lazy pieces of shit when it comes when it comes to this compared to Jesse. I have had this for like two fucking weeks. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, I know some of us were rushing to like FedEx stores like yesterday and fucking being like, oh no, no, it's cool. Amazon should get it there in time. 
Um, Jesse's like, it's fucking October 3rd. I'm going to go ahead and send out the fucking text. <laughs> and then I'm going to send them priority mail just to make sure that they fucking get there in time. So, um, Jesse, you are uh, you are the man when it comes to gift sending. <laughs> Jesse, really um, how are win. we? Uh, are we good to start opening? Hold on. One second. Oh, my God, Jesse. All right, so... All right, this is going to be very confusing to our listeners because they don't know what I'm fucking editing out. Because Jesse sent me, like, nine boxes. Oh, Jesse. You worked in a packaging factory somewhere trying to annoy people previously. Here's what I'm going to say. I, I've worked in uh, a number of businesses where I've had to open boxes at some point, And there are two types of people. There are the people that put tape over the area that needs tape. And then there are the people who put tape completely all the way around back onto the tape so that there's no way to open it without a knife. Jesse, you're one of those types. I'm not going to have to say which one. I think people understand. <laughs> Someone gave Jesse, like, 13 rolls of tape for Christmas. Just and he's like, like well, i got to do something with me, this. But I am so are we opening company. now? Are we opening all the way yeah, now? Or are we still well, in the it's, pre-opening It's, it's going to take 18 minutes to get it open. So, yeah, just keep opening. Oh, my God. Hold on. What is fucking happening here? There's like wrapping on wrap. Jesse did something that no one else did, which he put wrapping on his gifts. Well, yeah. And it's really, really nice. You guys probably already got this wrapping paper two years ago because I'm trying to walk through the roll. Jesse, Jesse, shut up so I can tell everybody how wonderful you are. I have in my hands... A the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the comic book compilation, which is I'm assuming all of the Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show in comic book form, which is fucking amazing. Jesse, I love you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. I, I mean, take it... back what I said about you being heir to a tape umpire. Oh my <laughs> god, the, it's a the mug says Tutti Fruity and it's. Captain Spaulding, he's holding the tootie fucking fruity. Amanda, Aww. why do you think he sent you a coffee mug? <laughs> I need to fulfill my obligations. <laughs> Stay awake and show up. Oh, this is awesome. Oh my god. Are you fucking kidding me? How did you even find this, Jesse? I cannot think of a more. Oh my god, dude! I've had that. I've had that gift plan for like fucking eight months. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I don't care what no. you guys got. Jesse's gift to me is is like it's on the level of Je of Livius's like uh, a devil mask. Um, the only way I can explain this is for anybody who's a fan of Hannibal. Um, at one point, um, Will Graham draws a clock, and um, it, it's all fucked up because he's got yeah. encephalitis. Mm -hmm. And so Jesse sent me a clock, and the clock face is the fucked up clock face that, that Will Graham drew when he had encephalitis. And it is just like, I can't tell you how fucking amazing this is. That is pretty fucking Oh my cool. god. Oh my god, I don't even know what to say about this. This is probably one of the best gifts I've ever gotten. That is pretty fucking cool. That is cool. insane. Wow. Um, I also got... 
<laughs> I did get a second gift from Jesse, and all I'm going to say, this is what I... <laughs> so... So the last episode when, when we did the gift exchange, there was something that Jeff, Jesse could not talk about. Uh, and it was the wrapping for his actual gift. And all I'm going to say is, um, I can't believe it, but he found a way to one-up me. <laughs> and it's amazing. Nice job, Jesse. He beat my gift wrapping from last year, and that was like, that was a tall order. So all I can hope is that the coaster, the beer coaster I sent him, is in some way even in the same fucking realm as what he did for, for this other gift of mine. Oh, definitely. I did oh my not God. see that coming. I want to go ahead and uh, and vote um, right now. Coffee. I got coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and vote. And quite honestly, I think that I should be allowed to vote on, uh, on Amanda's behalf, too, and vote Jesse. <laughs> Um, it is the gift giver of the year this wow. year. I, uh, hands down. Hands down, man. Amanda, you don't get a vote. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're tough. I mean, let's be honest. Amanda's a woman. Don't keep you awake. Yeah. Just drink your coffee. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. This becomes, what the fuck was that called? When women couldn't vote? The good old Suffrages? Days? Suffrage? Suffrage? Uh, the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, uh, guys, we're approaching now for two episodes, the three plus hour mark. So oh we're going to start we're going to start to wrap this up. But first, um, Amanda, would you kindly tell us about this thing you're doing with Craig Walwork? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, so Craig and I decided as like a little fun experiment thing to do to just take a story of his and a story of mine and to put them together and to release them as like a small ebook for probably like as cheap as you can sell them for Kindle. Like we'll set it at probably like 99 cents as just like a way to like have fun to release a couple of stories and like bypass all the other crap that you have to do so like I picked something that was like a favorite of mine that I'd been working on and he picked something that was a favorite of his that he had been working on that matched up really well and we meshed them together and we added a nice Bowie title and we're going to put that out on January 1st to try to bring some joy and loveliness and sexiness into 2017 that sounds um, pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's called Serious Moonlight. So. And these are both um, original stories, not, not reprinted. These are all Never both first runs. Never before seen okay. original stories by Interesting. myself. Wow, you know, Rob, maybe we should think about uh, reviewing, uh, reviewing that. Absolutely not. Okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just want to be contrary right now. There's no reason for it. That's very good. Yeah. Amanda, your work has always been um, appreciated by at least one person on the uh, on the podcast. <laughs> and uh, we reviewed a um, a five-star novella from This Is Horror a couple of weeks ago. And I believe in my wrap-up, what I said was one of the things I loved about this is how much it reminded me of how Amanda Gowan writes stories. So that's, that's how strongly, even though we don't feel real strongly about your ability to stay awake your ability to follow rules, reduce <laughs> technology. 
Um, <laughs> we always love having you as a guest <laughs> on the podcast when you show up. Um, but really, we we are huge fans of your writing, so um, we're very well, much just, looking forward to it. I'm just gonna take all the good from that that you just said. Yeah, there are some other stuff too. You should listen to all of it. <laughs> yeah. You should really yeah. take it in all. I've learned nothing. I have new mugs and a clock and some coffee here. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I've had a lot of Jim Beam. <laughs> um, all right, Amanda, the book um, sounds exciting, and uh, we'll see about doing something with that on the podcast. Oh, one more question. Can you uh, go ahead and explain what the Great American Challenge is, please? Okay, so once upon a time, I was in a, in a sex toy store just once <laughs> well for the purposes of this story for the first oh, time gotcha. you never mind okay all right i got you no 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 I, okay yeah, familiar yeah, I with how like fairy tales start um, <laughs> I, I get the feeling this isn't a fairy tale once of many times just doesn't have the fucking mystery and, right, and exactly. magic it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't i was in there looking at keychains i don't even know what that other stuff does uh so <laughs> And, you know, along the middle part, you know, they have all those, like, rows and rows and rows of videos. And on the outer walls, as you all know, that's where they hang up old stuff. stuff? And, like, all the stuff. And then, like, <laughs> upon one wall, far, far away, <laughs> in the packaging of an American flag was the largest dildo that I had ever seen. And... I really don't know where to go from there. Other I than think like... it's important at this point to, to ask some questions. Okay. So when you like, so what is your normal exposure to dildos? Because you said that you've ever seen. <laughs> now oh, there might like, be people. This was years and years ago, years and years ago. So I don't know. This might have even been the first time I was in the store. Because I mean, as far as I know, it's still there. It has dust on it. No one's been brave enough to take the Great American Challenge. So what you're saying is, this is the first time you've seen a dildo. <laughs> No, this was the first time I'd seen the Great American. Ch Wait, no, yeah, this was the first time I'd seen a dildo. So how can you compare it to anything? Um, well, I could compare it to my arm. So <laughs> I guess I guess what Jesse's trying to point out here is there are some holes in your story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, it was large and it was purple and it had an American flag in the background. And what's really funny is that years and years later, when I was telling you guys about it, <laughs> I can't remember even how that came about. Like it grew in my mind to be like what, like I said, it was like the thickness of my thigh and like the <laughs> length of my leg. <laughs> but then when I when I googled it, it was like it's 15 inches long. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, it's, it's a leg. It becomes mythic. It becomes mythic. <laughs> Fragile. <laughs> yeah, it's Vern Troyer's leg. <laughs> Oh, God. The statue. <laughs> so the Great American Challenge is a dildo. <laughs> <laughs> That's just massive is what I'm taking away from this, right? It's like the what? Like the world's largest dildo. Do we, usable it... dildo. They call it the world, like the largest usable dildo. Like that's what it says on the package. See, I'm that telling gets... you, the same one has been there for years. How do years. they know it's the largest usable yeah. one, though? Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't. See, know. when you throw in that qualifier of usable, it gets a little sketchy. <laughs> See, I think that it lends it authenticity. Like it sounds like. If, <laughs> if, 
If you well, say it's the weak proof for that. Right. I mean, I built, like, the, the snow penis. That could have, you could call that a dildo, but it's not usable. I mean. Like, if they say usable, it makes me sound like they did some research. <laughs> like, they made different size dildos, and they're like, whoa, that's too big, guys. Let's <laughs> scale it back this a little is, bit. Let's see, I think, I think this is the difference between men and women. <laughs> when, when you go, no, when you go into a place as a guy, and they have some kind of, like, eat this special steak sandwich challenge, right? Like, and it's free. You're like, oh, I could fucking do this. I could fucking do this. What? I can eat 10, I can eat 10 pizzas in 20 minutes. That's a guy who goes, I can do this. A woman walks in and says, they tried. They were like, this is the great American challenge. And they're like, watch this. We're going to sell the shit out of this. Everyone's going to be like, I can do it. Women are like, mm, no, I'm going to pass. And it's sitting there with fucking dust on it. No, I can't do that, but I can take a fucking 10 inch wide dildo on my. Wow, Jesse, hold on. Well, that was funny. We called it the Minnesota Challenge. <laughs> if you're yeah, that, was poor, that was poor marketing on that part. Uh, if you were marketing a product like that to a man and it's just a challenge on it, we'd all we'd all own one. We might not talk about what happened. <laughs> but all of us would have been like, oh, fuck that. I'll show them. <laughs> so am I to understand this right? You've never personally like it just stayed up on the wall. <laughs> yeah, you and nobody that you wall. were with. <laughs> so it's still a myth in your in your eyes, is what I'm. Yeah, yeah. In memory, it grew to the size of my leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is a thing of legends. It's a real thing. It is. Of usable legends. <laughs> it's a thing of usable legends. It's like Val in a cage. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I don't care. It sounds perfect. <laughs> While everybody's considering how seriously they want to take the Great American Challenge, um, here is um, no no episode, no no serious episode would be complete without um, uh, Brayton Brayton Cameron, who here is Skip Papersley. Um, is gonna. I'm so drunk, guys. I just want you to. Know, <laughs> I am. I have. I have the last mouthful of chocolate wine in this glass. That's awesome. It, I've been saving it. Somehow, I thought this bottle should last the whole episode, but it didn't. So now, for the last 20 minutes, I've been looking at this little. I'm looking at it right now. I know you guys can't see me, but um, there's like a mouthful like with, and a half maybe left. Like a terror so, in your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Skip Papersley, Brayton Cameron, um, bringing you the holiday edition of Book News. Hello, everyone. This is Brayton Cameron, host of Teenage Dirtbags, and at one point, host of Booked News. I also was the voice of Skip Papersley. I just wanted to uh, send a quick message to the Booked Boys uh, and wishing them the best in the new year. Before I go, I wanted to read a few of my favorite books that I listened to, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Nine years is the exact right amount of time to be in a bad relationship by Bob Odenkirk. You're Never Weird on the Internet, almost, by Felicia Day. A Life in Parts by Brian Cranston. 
and Off to be the Wizard by Scott Meyer. Uh, those are a few that I listened to, and those are all available on Audible. Audible.com, your source for fine audio entertainment. And it's, I know that the guy eating his cereal uh, with the orange headphones on, he's just holding the spoon like he's a caveman in the commercials, is very off-putting. But I assure you, it's a pretty good thing. All right, the New York Times bestsellers list in hardcover fiction. Coming in at number five is No Man's Land by David Baldacci. Two by two makes four for Nicholas Sparks. Tom Clancy, True Faith and Allegiance comes in at number three, written by Tom Clancy and Mark Greeny. And James Patterson's Cross the Line crosses the threshold of number three into the number two spot today. And finally, you can hear him coming. The Whistler by John Grisham is in number one. I'm wishing you all a safe and happy 2017. All right. While Livius is finishing up the final sip or two of his, um, his, his chocolate wine, um, <laughs> there, that was the exact sound of it. Evidence. We've all been sobering up. Livius still just fucking diving up. Oh, oh. Maybe it's just me then. Wow. I'm the responsible one this time. This is so uncommon for the episode. Um, <laughs> thanks once again for, for, we don't get enough skips, pa- skip papersly. And I blame it on myself because really it's just a matter of like, I send him a message and then he sends an audio clip and I just don't do Can that. Can we well. automate the message? Fuck, such a good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier. There's got to be a way. Uh, If only we had, like, a marketing intern. Livius is, like, a genius. Yeah, if only we had, like, a marketing intern. So, um, always happy to hear Skip Papersley, Brayton Cameron, great friend of of, of mine. And, um, I just Oh, whoa, whoa, (laughs) I'm all fuck that guy, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, you don't have the years. (laughs) That's true. You haven't you haven't shared a woman like or, we have, or <laughs> or the or the or the haven't shared a what? What what? I didn't, I don't remember what I just yeah. said. That's fine. Jesse, why haven't... do you find that Jesse? Why do you find that strange? I've I thought... don't have the I don't have nope. the understanding that you have of Skip Papers Lee. No, Sometimes I thought you... Rob said I you haven't shared a womb. Right. <laughs> Jesse. I thought he said woman. Yeah, it's Amanda's, the same thing. Amanda's God damn it. What's happening here? Why is nobody following this conversation? I mean, there's really a big difference between a woman and a womb. Like, when mm. I feel like I've shared a womb with someone, mm. they're like my twin versus like I bang the same lady. Uh, I'm going to send you links to some videos. Right? All right. Well, am I, if I've been, I'm 38 years old. Have I been going about this wrong the entire time? Hmm. Well, we, should talk, we should talk about this off the oh, air. But... Wow. Livius, what am I missing? Did you make no, a Hellraiser no. reference that I missed? <laughs> oh, but can I fucking tell you I ordered the Pinhead Funko Pop vinyl today? No way. How much was it? Like 12 bucks. On That's Amazon. it? But listen, Jesse, more importantly, there's an entire four-piece collection of Flash Gordon Funko Pop vinyls. Nice. It's Flash, Ming the Merciless, Prince Vulcan, and then that weird guy that works for Ming. I can't think of his name. The the guy who's trying to bang Princess Aurora. Yeah. General fucking Livius or something, whatever. Some weird <laughs> How much is that one? Did you but, just like you can, be you can pick up all four for like thirty two bucks. 
Did you just put your own name in there because you didn't know what the name of the person was? Yeah, I have no idea what the fucking name was. It's general something hard to pronounce. Shit. I mean, I want to be clear. I have no problem pronouncing my own name. (laughs) Hey, hey, I want to bring this up just because I know Livius wants to end the episode. Anybody want? (laughs) Right. Yeah, of course. Anybody want to talk about Westworld? Yes, yes, let's talk about Westworld. Amanda, because I I only brought this up because you mentioned it in private messages before we started this episode. Um, why don't you why don't you talk about Westworld a little bit? Oh my god, the last episode when they pulled the rug and then they pulled the other rug and then underneath that was like a smaller rug and then you thought underneath that would be a rug but there was actually a trap door and then you fell down that trap door and then at the bottom of it was a rug and they pulled that one. Wow, well, well, how profound! I I mean I don't think there's anything more you need to add to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Can I throw in my two cents on Westworld? They're yeah. all fucking robots. There's your spoiler. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they don't know how to use guns properly. The whores in the whorehouse—they're all fucking. They're all robots. There. I mean, that's like. I mean, that's pretty Spoiled much the perfect. Everybody. That's the perfect situation, <laughs> if you ask me. But Jesse just took a shot at David James Keaton. I don't know if anybody <laughs> recognizes that. And I wouldn't expect you to, but Jesse took a very big shot at David James Keaton. Jesse took a shot at David James Keaton without having actually seen Westworld. <laughs> so he was trying to bait Rob into commenting on it. <laughs> and not actually taking a shot at David James Keaton. Um, I mean, David James Keaton, A, deserves that shot that you took. A hundred percent. Like, I love David James Keaton. He's so brilliant when it comes to talking about movies and, and, and television. But he's fucking got to relax sometimes, man. And this is one of those times, like, he's worried about the mechanics of how a gun can hurt a robot but not a human. And just fucking calm down. <laughs> just enjoy just, life for just a second. Just, just, just fucking enjoy, enjoy the, the, yeah, there's like, a lot of other stuff. Here's the thing, yeah. like, ten episodes of, of Westworld, and, like, half of them... Tandy Newton is entirely naked, and he doesn't mention that. <laughs> he doesn't mention that even once. But he's like, I don't know why the guns don't work. Fuck I'm going to chime man. in just a little bit on the nudity of Westworld and how brilliant a, a writer director you must be to make the nudity that fucking unsexy through ten episodes. It's very clinical. Oh my! I didn't think I didn't think nudity could be that unsexy until I watched Westworld. <laughs> So you weren't feeling what I felt when <laughs> I'm not sure what you felt, but I gotta tell you, I felt like fucking put on some clothes for fuck's sake. This is a waste of everybody's time. Tandy Newton, man. Oh, Which man. one's Tandy Newton? The, is it the, uh, the, the madam of the whorehouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not gonna talk about any specific thing, but like, goddamn, like she was so naked in that show. <laughs> I'm not talking about any specific thing, but you know, the part between her neck and her feet. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Those are the parts that were particularly interesting to me. But like, fucking, like, here's the thing Keaton can't acknowledge this one time. One time. Like, there's so many hot nude things going on because of the robots, but he's like, the fucking guns, the way the guns work. And it's like, you know what, man? Just chill about that, because there's so many I, I miss this. I, I miss this. <laughs> Someone give me the short version. Um... <laughs> Maybe he doesn't give a shit about the nudity, though. I don't know what kind of life that is. <laughs> Hang on. I'm going to see if I can pull up David's rant about the guns really quick. While Rob's uh, pulling that up, welcome to hour four 
of this episode. Yeah, we're a little unbalanced as far as episode one and episode two goes, I think. Oh, by um, far. The only... All right, so here's what I can... Um, here's, here's a quote from Keaton on where he commented on one of his own posts, which is a classic Keaton move. Um, <laughs> I don't dislike it, but ever-shifting gun rules, depending on the scene... Comma, every episode being the same journey, camera, comma, not camera, that's not a word. And the, non- and the nonstop resurrection have given it a no stakes sheen. Uh, uh, ever shifting gun rules. Why fucking bother thinking about like the, min- like the minor mechanics of like how the guns work in the, in the, in the series, which there's like 50 possible explanations which could explain it well enough to just not think about it. When you yeah. see so much boobs. <laughs> Done. Done. Boobs. Well, I mean, if the mechanics of the story are wrong, it kind of matters. Yeah, but it doesn't but because, like, the gun mechanics they are wrong. Like, I don't. Yeah, like, there's so many different things that happen with why who why each character has a certain gun or why they're even. I mean, there's so much other stuff going on. The gun mechanics can be explained. Like the gun. Well, yeah. A just to start out with, the gun mechanics are. Sp- is like specifically not explained so that you don't have to think about it. You just know that a robot can't kill a person, but a person can kill a robot. That's all you need to know. And you don't have to worry yourself about the details of how it works. Plain and simple. That's done. And that, that was like the intentional way that they made the show. So thinking right, any, so anywhere that beyond think that. So that the, so that the, yeah. So that the guests could come in. It was just, that was yeah. just the way it was. So, so putting any thought beyond that is just making a problem for yourself. Comma, boobs. Period. <laughs> y'all is... motherfuckers, y'all motherfuckers need to find Jesus. That's what <laughs> um, oh, Am I going to find it in that fucking to... Twilight Zone episode that you fucking love so much? No, you're going to find it in the animatronic <laughs> boobs in uh, Westworld. I did, man. I did. Um, let's, uh, let's Amanda, any final, uh, words or, uh, thoughts for our listeners? I'm drunk and I love these episodes where we do holidays and shit. You guys are so much fun. Can you just throw in there for us, uh, what's in this drink? Do you mind? What I'm drinking? No, never mind. No, please do. I want to hear this. <laughs> no, no. I was like from that song, the what's in this drink or whatever, the from uh he's doing baby it's cool a rapey song yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no i want to follow this to its logical end amanda what's in your drink because it's cold jim outside beam and coke there it is devil's cut jim beam devil's cut, devil's cut. what Not is anymore, devil's cut almost empty. amanda do you know what devil's cut is versus <laughs> original jim beam or should we explain it to you it's like it's the shit lot. in the barrel <laughs> so devil's cut for anybody who's listening who isn't aware of this uh, Jim Beam uh, made a specific blend of their whiskey where um, they, and I don't understand the process of this, so I can't explain it, but they drew some of the whiskey out of the barrels that the whiskey was aged in to give it more of that barrely flavor. Um, and that's what the Devil's Cut Jim's Beam, Jim Beam is. I read up on this a little bit. They sent all those barrels to China. <laughs> and they had they had um, Chinese workers, probably children, use straws, and they would put the straws right up against the inside of the barrel because they fit in the barrel, and they siphon out like into their mouths. 
into Jim Beam, and then they spit it right into a bottle. Oh man, Amanda! That's exactly it. You're getting like Chinese child germs in your Jim Beam and Coke. Oh no, right now. no, no! The alcohol, the alcohol kills all sanitizes the it. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm so, whoa. Don't, be, don't be silly, Rob. Don't be silly. <laughs> I really it's am being silly. Right your immune system. It's good. It bolsters your immune system. It's weird because most whiskey, like in order to be called bourbon, has to be made in America. So I didn't realize that they sent the barrels to China. <laughs> yeah, um, it technically fits because the whiskey was made here. They didn't talk about straws on the barrels in China. There's nowhere in the regulations for that. So you're probably right about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, it's kind of like how Jack Daniels is actually bourbon technically, but everyone disputes that, you know, including Jack Daniels. Like, exactly. We'll, you know, we'll not go down that fucking hole. Uh, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, do you want to talk about what you drank tonight during the episodes? I started off with a bottle of Buffalo 8 by Beachwood Brewery and Barbecue Ooh, in yeah. Long Beach and Seal Beach, California, which was a bourbon barrel-aged imperialist stout, I believe. And then I moved on to some go-to IPA from Stone Brewery, also in California, and then I graduated to some Tsunami Pale Ale from Toppling Goliath in Decorah, Iowa. Everybody's heard Livius go on and on about his chocolate wine. <laughs> Is there anything you need to add to that, Livius? Uh, thank you very much, Mr. Olson. As to my drinking, <laughs> this is indefensible. And you have my abject apologies. I find of late that I have very little choice in the matter of expressing emotions. I fucking I know what you're doing to me. Or I can weep, and drinking is so much more subtle. But as for my insubordination, I was not rude to that woman, Amanda. Someone should remind her that Christmas is more than barging up and down department store aisles and pushing people out of the way. Someone has to tell her that Christmas is another thing finer than that. Richer, finer, truer. And it should come with patience and love, charity, compassion. That's what I would have told her if you'd give me the chance. I don't know how to tell you, Mr. Olson. I don't know at all. All I know is that I'm an aging, purposeless relic of another time, and I live in a dirty rooming house on a street filled with hungry kids and shabby people where the only thing that comes down the chimney on Christmas Eve is more poverty. Do you know another reason why I drink, Mr. Olson? So that when I walk down the tenements... I can really think it's the North Pole and the children are elves and I'm really Santa Claus bringing them a bag of wondrous gifts for all of them. I just wish, Mr. Olson, on one Christmas, only one, that I could see some of the hopeless ones and the dreamless ones. Just on one Christmas, I'd like to see the meek inherit the earth. And that's why I drink, Mr. Olson. And that's why I weep. Woo! That's going to wrap it up for our two-part booked holiday office party um, episodes, I guess. Two-part episode episodes. Thank you so much for Amanda and Jesse for joining us. You are, you're, you're just the loveliest guests, and we love having, having you on every year for this. So thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you, Olivia, for finally drinking on the podcast so that I don't <laughs> seem like the biggest lush in the world. No, no I got that. I'm good. <laughs> and, and, uh, covered, bro. You're good. Thank you. Living drunk is awesome. <laughs> the, I know we need this more often. Right? Um, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for staying with us all year. Um, truly heartfelt. Um, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate that, 
happy all that other shit if you do something else. And um, um, until next time, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snud. Merry Christmas. Patreon.com slash books. <laughs> <laughs>